Psalm 33. The Psalms are awesome, aren't they? Come on, guys. The Psalms are awesome, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really good to see how much the Word is relevant to you, you know? When you're going through things, uh, good, bad, and, and however we may classify, we can always go to the Scripture and find someone who's been in a pretty good situation kind of like us, right? I mean, it's all relevant to us, isn't it? It's living and it's alive. And so we look to Him for hope. We look to Him for peace. We look to Him for uh, life. And uh, let's face it, uh, in the world, if, if, our, if our hope is in the world, you don't really have much hope, do you? Because things change in the world every day, don't they? The state of the world changes every day, doesn't it? So what can we put our hope in? See, we need something that is steadfast. We need something that is sure. We need something that is unchangeable. And there's only one thing that fits that. That is Yahweh. That is our God, our Elohim. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He does not change. And so He is the one who has given us a, a means to have life here on this earth. We just have to learn how to follow Him. Isn't that the way it is? We have to learn how to follow Him. And thank God that, literally, that He is patient, that He is long-suffering, that He is kind, right? He continually draws us to Himself, although He doesn't force uh, what He wants for us on us, but yet He desires for us to make those choices, right? When you're faced in life with uh, life and death, blessing and cursing, what do we choose? We choose life. We choose life. That's what the Scriptures have given to us. So we started off a little bit, in Psalm 33, and I kind of want to use a portion of Psalm 33 as our uh, anchor point, if you will, for today. And so we're going to cover a few things here. You ready to jump into it? All right, let's go into it. Psalm 33, let's start in verse 18. Psalm 33 says, Behold, the eye of Yahweh is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for Yahweh. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Yahweh, be upon us even as we hope in you. There's a lot in these scriptures and, and we are not going to be able to cover uh, everything that's in here today. But I want to give you something that you can take home, that you can meditate on, something that you can uh, apply and something that will stick with you during the rest of the week. You know, something, something that you can continually meditate on day by day by day by day. And, you know, it's good to get in any of the Word, but meditating in the Psalms and in the Proverbs, it's, it's kind of nice, you know, because we, we see life happening around us and we can find these things that are in the Word and in the Psalms. As well. So a couple things on hope. I'm touching on three main points regarding this. Today, okay, three main points regarding this. Hope, first off, what does it mean to have hope? And two, uh, what do we hope in? And three, is hope the same as faith? So, no, but we'll get there, okay? So we've got a few things to cover today, all right? So let's start off with this. First off, what does it mean to have hope? Well, if we're looking at Psalm 33, uh, we'll find the first thing that established here is relationship, okay? Can you hope in something, or let me just say it the way I mean it, someone. Can you hope in someone that you don't have a relationship with? Do you hope in someone you don't know? No, no, you don't. So we hope in him, but we hope in him because we trust him. That's where that faith comes in. That's where that relationship part of it comes in. But that's the first thing we look at in here, okay? In Psalm 33, 18, it says, Behold, the eye of Yahweh is on those who what? Those who fear him. Those who fear him. And those who hope in his steadfast love. The word for fear is Yahweh. You may, you may have heard it. We sang in the song earlier, earlier today in service. You know, Yahweh, Yireh, right? He is the one 
uh, he, who sees, and, 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 and he is the one that we serve, but he will provide for everything. But that same word as yare is the same root in here. It's fear. It's, it's to honor, to respect. It's not like uh, fear that you don't want to be anywhere around him. That's not, not what we're talking about. We're talking about we know that he is the great, mighty, and awesome Yahweh. He is Elohim. He is the one and only true God. He is the one who created everything. And so we, we reverence and honor him. Okay, so this is relationship first and foremost. If you don't have the relationship there, then the rest of this is it's not really going to be relevant because we have to have that relationship with him before we can build on that relationship. See, so Yahweh looks for those. His eye is on those who fear him, who honor him, who trust him, who reverence. Okay, we see this in many places. In Deuteronomy 10, 12, it says, So now, Israel, what does Yahweh your God require of you? Let's stop there for a minute. You know what I'm going to say? How many of you have, have said something like this to Yahweh? Something like this to God. You've said something like, God, what do you want from me? May have said it in just in frustration, right? But at some point, we may have all have said something like this. Isn't it good to have an answer? What does he want from us? What does he expect from us? Uh, honestly, to love him. To love him. Well, how do we do that? And that's where the rest of the scripture comes in, right? I mean, Yeshua said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. He said it in John 14. He said it in John 15. More than once, multiple times. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if we love him, we're going to listen to him. Because that's where that element of trust comes in as well. But again, we're talking about hope. So when we look around in the world and we see hopelessness, how can we have hope? It depends on where you place your hope. It depends on where you place it. See, what do we hope in? We'll get to that in a minute. All right. So Deuteronomy 10, 12. So now Israel, what does Yahweh your God require of you but to fear Yahweh your God? to walk in all of his ways, to love him, to serve Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul, to keep the commandments and statutes of Yahweh, which I am commanding you today for your good. You know, he, he's not uh, some tyrant in the sky that says, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to zap you. He wants relationship with us. And here's the thing, when you come into covenant with him, we kind of say, I'm going to forsake my life that has got me into the mess of life, and I'm going to follow you. And then he says, great, this is how I want you to follow me. And then we're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> See, you can't do that. If we say we're, we're going to have a covenant with him, we're going to follow him, then we need to follow him. And we need to listen and hear his voice. And he, he, he will take us each step of the way. We need to, again, the scriptures continually put in front of us, choose life and death, blessing or curse. We have choices to make, you know? And so it has a, a situations of life and what are we going to do with it? You know, a lot of times we can't, we can't control what everybody else in the world is doing, honestly, nor are you supposed to. But you have control over you. And, and we need to take us before the Father and say, what do you want me to do? Because honestly, look through the scripture. How many times does one person make a difference? How many times does one person following Yahweh, being after him wholeheartedly, made a difference in the world, the community around them, or the people in their life? One person can make a difference. See, it's the world out here that is kind of telling us uh, opposite that. It's telling us a lie. But Yahweh says, all we have to do is to follow him and trust him. He is the one who makes the change. But we have to take our part in it. You know, if all of us just turned to Yahweh and everyone in the world just decided to follow him today, it would change everything overnight, wouldn't it? I mean, literally, everything would change. But we're not there, are we? So what are we going to do with that? Does that mean we don't do our part? Or does it mean we trust Yahweh, we hope in Him, we believe His word to be true, so 
we do what he says. See, we have a responsibility to walk in the covenant that he's given us, right? Okay, let's go one more. Psalm 147, 11 says, Yahweh takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. His, in his steadfast love. What's that word for steadfast love? You may know it as grace. We'll come back to that. Trust in his chesed, his kindness. We'll come back to that. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 23, 23, 17 through 19 says, let, let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of Yahweh all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart where? Direct your heart in the way. You know, again, we're talking about looking out in the world and seeing, seeing things that happen in here. First off, the problem is, the Scripture tells us don't compare yourself to other people. Okay? I mean, who is the standard of righteousness and justice? Yahweh and him alone, right? So we, we follow his word for the standard. So the, the, but it's hard when you look and you see other people, you see different things. Sometimes you're like, oh, wow, you know, we, we see other people and things. We're like, well, what is that? What's that about? That's what it says here. Let not your heart envy sinners. And then we may look out and say, oh, man, this guy's wicked. But look, look, how, look, he's got blessings in his life. He's wicked. I know it. God, what are you doing? And God said, it's not your problem. He says he's going to take care of it. Okay? You don't know what he's doing in that person's. And again, we have to be careful that, that we're not trying to put on God something that he's not. You know, we tend to judge God by the situations that we go through, and we can't do that. Okay? He is eternal. Okay, so look, what is this? We're talking about hope, right? So hope is yachal. Hope is yachal. It means to be patient, to stay, to tarry, to trust, to wait. You may have heard, have patience, right? You say, well, I am being patient. Uh-huh. Let, let me kind of put this out. I heard this once, and, and I think it's a, good, it's a good fit. Patience is not waiting. Patience is your attitude while you're waiting. That's something to consider. <laughs> when, when we say we're being patient, if we're waiting, we say, okay, we're praying, but it doesn't seem like God's answering our prayer. Are we waiting? Are we being patient? Are we trusting in Him? You know? It's like, okay, God, uh, here I am. I prayed yesterday. Nothing's changed yet. Am I being patient? No, it doesn't mean I stopped praying, okay? But am I being patient? No. Okay, so again... If we're going to hope, we have to be patient. We have to learn, again, this is a matter of trust. If you haven't figured out yet, hope and trust do go together. Not exactly the same thing, but they do go together. They work together, right? And trust is the same as faith, which is the same as belief. It's the same uh, Hebrew word, emunah. And so again, when we say we trust him, we're saying we believe him, but because we trust him and we believe him, it affects our daily actions. It affects how we live our life. It affects the things that we do, the things that we say, how we have relationships with those around us, okay? So look, what do we hope in? Again, like I said, it's not a what, it's a who, isn't it? Because see, a lot of times we, we, we misplace our hope or our faith. We put it in something that God hasn't told us to do, but then when, when our expectations aren't met, we blame God for not meeting our expectations, but God never said. You ever put yourself in a situation where you just, well, if I do this, God's going to do that. But he didn't say he was going to do that. <laughs> See, we hope that he's going to do it, but does he? See what I'm talking about? We have to, again, trust. We have, to, we have to follow him. Look, do we hope in ourselves? Do we hope in our own strength? Do we hope in our own might? Do we hope in our own abilities? Now, here's the thing. It's, it's a wonderful thing because guess what? Yahweh gave you your strength. He gave you your mind to think and to do things. He gave you the ability to do everything that you're doing. The body, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's amazing what, what the human body can do. But guess what? He's the one that created it. So do we hope in ourselves and our abilities or do we hope in him? See, Proverbs 3, 5, and 8 
It says, trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear Yahweh and turn away from evil and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Wow. Healing and refreshing. I don't know about you guys, but I could use some of that. How about you? Yeah, some healing and refreshing because this is a, a good time. Sabbath is a great time for that, but sometimes we just need to be alone with Him in His presence and just let that healing and refreshing just, just come and just kind of flow over you, just to be there with Him. You ever go before the Father and just say, I come before you today not with any expectations. I just want to be just in the quiet. Just, it's not a bad place to be. Look, Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that seems right to man, but the end is what? But the end is the way to death. Proverbs 16.25 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end... Wait, is that repeating? It's, 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 it's two different scriptures, but it's saying the same thing, isn't it? In other words, there's, there's another witness that's being given here. A lot of times we're tempted to lean on our own understanding of something, and uh, it's not bad to understand something, but that's where faith comes in. You know? Because sometimes God does things that are beyond our understanding. So do we trust Him and have faith when it doesn't make sense to us? See, that's when we can say we have faith. Okay, let's keep going. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Thus says Yahweh, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from Yahweh. He is like a shrub in the desert. Now, look at this comparison here. He is like a shrub in the desert. How's it going to grow? He's like a shrub in the desert that shall not see any good come, and he shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. That's a great place for something to grow, isn't it? But then he says, Blessed is the man who what? Who trusts in Yahweh, whose trust is in is, is Yahweh. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and, uh, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Is this sounding familiar to you guys? Psalm 1 starts off with this, doesn't it? First half of Psalm 1, is, it says, and he'll be blessed. He, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. Here he is. Again, he's saying it's, it's, it's the word of Yahweh. It's life. It's fresh. It's living water to us. It, it helps re- refresh us, replenish us, and helps us grow. And then there are times when the water doesn't flow so much. It's still water is still there, but sometimes it may not be as abundant. Do we still have faith that he's going to water us and give us the water that we need? See, that, uh, that's, that's it. We have faith that he will because he's done it before, but we also hope in him that he is going to keep us planted and to continue to cause us, right? John 14, 6, 6 through 10. So Yeshua says, I am the, what? Way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you have come to know me, you will know my Father. Also from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip says, Master, show us the Father and it is enough for us. You see what's going on here? They're saying, well, show us the Father. And Yeshua is saying, uh, have you missed it? Have you not seen already? Right? Verse 9, Yeshua says, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you haven't come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? And the words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own, but the Father dwelling in me is doing his words. He does his words. So again, this is a matter of do we trust in our own understanding or do we trust that Yahweh is? Do we trust Him? See, uh, a lot of times we, we go through and we read the Scriptures and we see some of the people that came to Yeshua and some of the questions that asked them and some of the situations, and we may be tempted to say, well, really, you haven't seen that? <laughs> but guess what? If we were there, we have kind of a similar situation. Guys, come on. 
You know, it's easy to read the scripture and look back and like, well, that's evident. Okay, right here, reading back on it, looking back, it's evident, okay? But right there, they were trying to figure all this out. So when here, Philip is like, show us the Father, and Yeshua says, you've seen him. Don't you, haven't, you, haven't you figured that out yet? You've seen him. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so here, he's saying, so I want to trust on the Father. You're saying we can, so how do we do that? And essentially, Yeshua is saying, follow me. Follow me. Learn to do so. And this, this, is, this is a daily event. Back to Psalm 33. So it says, Behold, the eye of Yahweh is on those who fear him, on those who what? Hope in his steadfast love. The word for steadfast love there is chesed, chesed, which is also translated as kindness or mercy. This is one of the characteristics attributed to Yahweh. And uh, so, so essentially, we hope in him. We hope in him. It says, you know, those who hope in his chesed, in his grace, in his mercy, in his kindness. But... It's not an act of Yahweh that we trust in. It's him that we trust in. And, and the different attributes are all part of who he is. What he, how do we know this is one of his attributes and one of the things that are, that are done? Well, few places, but one of which, Exodus 34. Remember when Yahweh puts Moshe in the cleft of the rock and he passes by in front of him. What does he declare? What's being said? Exodus 34, 5 says Yahweh descended in the cloud and he stood with him there and he proclaimed the name of Yahweh. And Yahweh passed before him and he proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love. You're seeing this more than once, steadfast love and keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, but will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity and the fathers of the children's children's children to the third and fourth generation. So, so we know God is gracious. He is loving. He is compassionate. He is kind. But he is also just, he is true, he is righteous, he is holy. See, and, the, and, and one does not exclude the other. See, and that's something we have a hard time understanding sometimes. We have, sometimes we look at Yahweh and we see just this God of justice. And, and, and that can be very cold, right? Or sometimes we, we just look and say, just someone who's just all mercy. And that's not true either. See, he is perfectly just. He is perfectly holy. He is perfectly righteous. He is perfectly merciful. He is perfectly kind. So what happens is sometimes Yahweh's ways are above our ways. Sometimes things are just beyond our comprehension. That's when we learn what we, what we truly hope in. Where is our hope truly placed? Where is our trust truly placed? Is it in an ideology of God or is it in Him? Because there is a difference. See, One is that we have this picture of who God is. We say, as long as God does this for me, then I'm going to believe in Him. That's not what we hope and trust in. We trust in Him. We, hope, we have hope in Him and His life. See, so when He comes to us, He says, this is who I am. That's what we need to learn to walk in. Because if we just kind of have an idea and set up our own ideologies of who God is, guess what, guys? That's called an idol, and it's been done all through time. <laughs> but we need to learn to trust Him and who He says He is. Okay? Let's keep going. Psalm 39, 7. It says, and now, Yahweh, what do I wait? My hope is in, my hope is in you. I'm going to kind of change this just a minute and say, my hope is you. I think that's essentially what he's saying. It's like, with, beside him, we have no hope. Beside him, what can we hope for? We need to hope in him. Romans 15 says this, Romans 15, 4. It says, for, what's, uh, for whatever is written in former days was written for our instruction that through, look at this, through what? endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have what hope how many of you have heard if you just give your life to god you'll never have any problems how many has bought that lie god never said you're not gonna have any problems he never said you're never you're never gonna have any uh, hard times or hardship or tough times or anything what he said was i give you hope 
I give you peace. I'll be with you. I always think about, you know, when it's like the, the promise of, of never any hardship or a hard life. I wonder how Yeshua's disciples felt about that. I don't think it ran true for them, did it? Let's keep going. So uh, Romans 15.5, that uh, may the God of endurance and encouragement, see how those two go together? Endurance and encouragement. Grant you to live in harmony with one another in accord with Messiah Yeshua. That together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua. See that? Part of this enduring is being brought together into one voice, one body, one people. So part of this enduring in life is, is learning how to dwell with one another. You know, that's a lot of the scripture, isn't it? Learning to dwell with one another. Learning to have uh, that peace in the midst of, of, of trials and tribulation and things that happen. Let's, let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, how many of you can testify to that? <laughs> you know, the older you get, the more this rings true, right? <laughs> that the outer self is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed day by day. See that? The flesh is decaying. The flesh has a period. It, it lives through life, and there's a point where it is appointed for the flesh to die. But guess what? The Spirit is eternal. The Spirit is going to live on. question is where and how. Though... The physical body is wasting away. The spiritual is being renewed every day. What does the Scripture say? His mercies are, are new to us. How often? Every day. Every day. How many of us wake up in the morning and, and genuinely and legitimately say, God, thank you for giving me another day? That's honesty, brother, but that's good. I, I, I appreciate that. You know, Some of us aren't even really fully awake until we stumble in the kitchen, knock over a few things, and get that coffee brewing, right? I'm one of them. I'm one of them on, on some days, you know, but this, this, it's being honest, right? Sometimes, and, and that, that, should te- that should teach us something. Sometimes we go through life, we're just kind of on autopilot. We're just kind of, okay, it's time to get up, we get up, we just, we're just on autopilot. I long for the day when the first moment, that split second, that consciousness comes back to our mind. Like, thank you, Yahweh. I'll be honest, I ain't there. It's just, I got to wake up a minute before I'm like, okay, thank you, Yahweh. <laughs> it takes me a minute to realize I'm awake, okay? But I long for that day when, when just at that moment right before I wake up, just the spirit within me just cries out in thankfulness, see? Because here's the thing. Do you ever notice the first 20 minutes of your day sets the tone for the rest of your day? What you do in the first 20 minutes of your day will determine what you do the rest of the day. How do we spend it? What do we do with it? I'm not answering anything. I'm just, here's something to reflect on. I'm giving you homework. Look. Let's keep reading. So 2 Corinthians 4, where are we at? Uh, let's do verse 16 again. So do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Verse 17, for this light momentary affliction. What kind of affliction? Oh, momentary. Here's the thing, guys. Whatever it is that you're going through in life right now is momentary. Even though it doesn't feel like it, even though it doesn't look like it, it has an end. That's what I'm talking about, guys, just having that thankfulness. This is where we're at. This is what we need. No matter what's going on in life right now, it has an end. I know someone who who had said, you know, in in, in the highest of highs and the greatest of mountaintops, it will end. Think about it. You know, how many times you live life on the mountaintops and in the valley? You're like, wait a minute, what just happened? How'd I get here? Right? You're like, we try to get back on the mountaintop. How about he breaks the mountains low and brings the plains up, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but regardless, you know, we're there. And so this is a matter of, wait a minute, what just happened here? What's going on? No, we're here and we're living him, his life right here, living straight, living straight, because everything has an end. Everything that's here, everything that's now, everything that's in life right here, it has an end. Why? 
Because it's, it's, it's this flesh. It's this world. This world has an expiration date. Now, we don't know when it is. <laughs> but our life has an expiration. Our situations and things we're going through has an expiration date. So it's not about the things, is it? It's about redeeming the time. The days are evil. It's about what do we do here in this life. Scripture says that, that, that people will look and they'll see the good that you do, see the good deeds that you do, and glorify your Father in heaven. So when people look at you, do they see the heart of the Father? Do they see His life? Do they see His joy? Because let's face it, the world's not very joyful, is it? I mean, everywhere, I don't know about you, but everywhere I've looked out there, someone's getting yelled at or yelling. I, I, don't, I don't want that. We need that joy that only comes from Yahweh. See, joy isn't like, oh, I feel great, I'm happy. No, see, happy comes and goes. Joy is steadfast no matter what the situation is. Joy can say, I can hope and trust in Yahweh. Though even in the hard times we cry, it, it's, it's, but I know He is. You know, go through and read the Psalms. David was honest, wasn't he? I mean, that kind of helped that we read about him. <laughs> kind of have to be honest when you got all, you know, a few million witnesses, right? But he was honest with what he was going through in life. But you ever notice you read through the Psalms, and though it may seem he was singing the blues, which he was, and a good third of them. Do you ever notice how he always comes back around? How he always comes back around to say, but God. See, so no matter what he's going through, he always brings himself back up to say, yeah, this is where I'm at. And he pours his heart out to Yahweh. But in the end of it, he says, but you. Look, let's keep, let's, let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 4, where are we at? Um, where? 18. So as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are what? Oh, that's a good point, isn't it? So as we look to the things that are seen or unseen, where's our focus? In, in life, are we focusing on the things in life, on the things that are seen or on the things that are unseen? Because that will affect you, won't it? That'll affect you, what, you, what you have hope and where you place your hope and where you place your trust. Are we looking at the things that are seen or the things that are unseen? Because it says here, you keep reading verse 18, that the things that are seen are transient. The things that are seen will go away. But the things that are unseen are the things that are eternal. So when this world has gone away and when we return to the dirt, what then? See, the things that are unseen are the things that are eternal. And that is where we need to live. I mean, I'm not saying that we, don't, that we can't do anything here, that we can't have a job, that we can't do... No, I'm just saying we need to focus on the things that are unseen because that will affect how we live here. Are we living for the things just here? Or are we living for the things of the kingdom? Scripture says, seek first what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Are we seeking Yahweh? Are we seeking His heart? Are we seeking His life? Are we seeking His kingdom? Or are we seeking what everybody else is out here in the world just trying to make it day by day? There's a higher call to life, right? Okay, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. It says, If then you have been raised with Messiah, then seek the things that are above, where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are what? On the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. So with that, is hope the same as faith? No, it's not. But they do work together. They do work together. We'll, we'll go through this and we'll, and we'll explain this here in a moment. Okay, but let's, let's start off with Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, it says, Faith is the what? Assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. See how everything that we've talked about up to this point is kind of summed up in that one verse? <laughs> it says, faith is the assurance. It's evidence. Faith is the assurance. It's the evidence of things that we have hoped for. Things that we have hoped for have come to pass. It, it, that's, that, that's our faith. That increases our faith. That grows our faith. Faith comes by what? But not just hearing, is it? See, because the word hearing, I mean, to think Hebraically hearing, what does it mean? Just to have sound going in your ears and bouncing around in there? No. It means to hear with the intent 
of obedience. You hear and you do what you have heard, therefore it grows your faith. See, there's an action involved there. See? So you do, and then you know, well, I know for a fact God is, and I've seen the situations, I've seen things happen, I've been here before, he's helped me before, I know he's going to do it again. That's our faith growing, that's a, that's a surety of our faith. And this is another reason why we need each other, because we all have different experiences, we have different things in life, and I may have faith that's strong in an area where you do not, and vice versa, okay, that's why we need each other, because we can kind of help each other out and stand in faith with one another and help build each other up, right? So here we go again, Hebrews 11, 1 and, 1 and 3. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So again, we're talking about faith. And you go through Hebrews 11, uh, as you go through the whole chapter, you'll see that by faith, then it names a person and then has an action. So by faith, so-and-so and something happened, okay? So there's an effect in there. So, it's, so our faith, our belief, and an action, acting out and living out that faith, it's all working together. All right, so faith. Let's define it just for a second. And the Noah Webster's Dictionary describes faith as trust or belief to obey. See that? It equates faith with belief and trust and obedience. Does that sound biblical? Yeah, I think the scripture would back that up, okay? It says that, We've, we trust, again, imunah, it says we trust and we believe, therefore we do. Peter says to those who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, see, the rock has become the cornerstone. See, so he says, he compares belief with trust and unbelief with disobedience. So again, are we going to believe and obey or be disobedient and not have faith, not have trust? So going on again with the definition, uh, it says the belief, the ascent of the mind to the truth of what is declared. Resting on, resting on some kind of authority is what it's telling us. Resting on some kind of authority and veracity without other evidence. The judgment that another states or testifies is the truth. Or the assent of the mind to the truth of a proposition advanced by another. Belief or probable evidence of any kind. Or in theology, the assent of the mind or understanding to the truth of what God has revealed. So again, what is faith? Faith comes down to belief or trust. If we trust, we're going to listen. Are we going to really listen to someone we don't trust? See, if we don't trust them, then we're not going to believe that they have our best interests in mind, right? But if we trust them, then it doesn't matter if, if we can see the same thing they see or not. We're going to do what they say because we trust. together. What about hope? Hope, I know it's kind of small, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but hope, uh, again, here we're looking. Uh, again, in the uh, uh, Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. So, hope, it says, a desire of some good, accompanied with at least a slight expectation of obtaining it. Do you see the difference? Just, just even just a, a worldly understanding of between uh, faith and hope. Faith is evidence and something that we do, we believe, and we're obedient to do that. Hope says, well, it's, it's an expectation. Is there anything wrong with expectation? No. But the question is, what do we expect and of whom do we expect it? <laughs> what is our hope? Our hope is in Yahweh. To do what? Can I just say to just be whatever he wants to be? To reveal himself to us however he chooses to reveal himself to us? That is our hope. Uh, again, confidence in a, confidence in a future event. Uh, that which we hope for uh, furnishes the ground of expectation or an opinion or belief of amounting to certainty. And, and here, again, hope, like as a verb, to cherish or a desire like food or expectation of obtaining it or a belief that something is obtainable. That's hope. That's something that we're looking at that hasn't happened yet, but we hope 
that something is going to come to pass. We hope in something. Now look at this. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. says, now hope, faith, and love abide, but the greatest of these is what? Love. So see these things together. We have faith, we have hope, and we have love. If we love him, it will be easy to have faith in him and have him be our hope. They, these, these do all connect. If we don't love him, then we're not going to have much faith in him, and we're not going to have any hope of who he is in our Look, biblical hope is built on faith. You see that faith is, is, is the foundation of it. Biblical hope is built on faith. Hope is an earnest expectation that comes with believing something good. Hope is a confident expectation that naturally stems from faith. Hope is a peaceful assurance that something that hasn't happened yet will indeed happen. Faith and hope are complementary. Faith is grounded in the reality of the past. Hope is looking to the reality of the future. Without faith, there is no hope. And without hope, there's no true faith. Again, they work together. Faith says, whatever you are hoping for is here now. Hope says there's a chance of something that will happen. Also, it's worth noting, when, you, when miracles were done, did Yeshua ever tell someone, your hope has made you whole? What did he say? Your faith has made you So is hope wrong? No. Because I think at some point, their hope had to turn to faith. <laughs> had to be built in. Like the lady with the issue of blood. She hoped in every doctor she'd ever seen in her whole life. She hoped that she could be made whole. And it came to a point... She said, well, there's this man, Yeshua. I wonder if he can do anything for me. That's hope. When she made the decision in her mind to trust, no, this man is the Messiah. He is the Son of the living God. As Malachi, the prophecy of Malachi, that's why she touched the hem of his garment, right? It says there's healing in the wings. It's the border of his garment. Literally is how that's translated. The hem of his garment would have been what? Where the tzitzit were. It's a reminder of, of God and his goodness and his word toward us, and we're walking with him. So if she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know there's healing in there. Not because there's just healing in everybody's hem of his garment, but she said, this is the Messiah. If I could just get to him, I know. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed, I'll be restored. At that moment, that's faith. And that's how she progressed. She kind of went from hope and all these doctors and hope and all these things and hearing, hearing about Yeshua. At some point, she had to have heard about him, right? Hearing about him. But then at some point, it made that connection where he's saying, you know what? I have faith in who this is. And I know if I can just get to him. Did you ever stop and think of, wonder, you know, why didn't she just go, like, talk to him? Really? I mean, why didn't she just go talk to him? I mean, I'm sure he would have done the same thing, right? But see, Malachi says there's healing in his wings. She took that scripture to heart. She said, I just know that if I can get to him, I'll be, I'll be healed, I'll be cleansed, I'll be clean. And that's why. Okay, Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe. Two things we're talking about here. What is it? One. He exists. And two, he rewards those who see. Scripture says, if you search for me, you will what? Find me if you search for me wholeheartedly. See, if we're really looking for him with all of our heart, we'll find him. That's why in, in moments where we're crying out for God or crying out, you know, we're, we're there. I mean, he says if we're crying out for him, we'll find him. He'll be there. But then what? See, now, now that comes to the, the rest of it, okay? We must know he exists and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. We seek him, but now we want to walk with that's relationship. And that's where this comes into a place of covenant. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by what? Walk by faith, not by sight. This is where we've been talking, right? We don't live by the, by, the, by the dictates of what we see. We don't live by just what we can see here because we know God is greater than just what we can see here. He is beyond it. So we trust Him. We walk by faith, not just by what we see. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word 
of Messiah. Again, we already talked about this. It's not just hearing words, not just sound waves we're talking about. It's about receiving the Word in faith, hearing it, applying it, doing it, and letting it change you. If it changes you, it could change how you see everything around you. And who knows how infectious, who knows how much that could change others too. Because Scripture says that they will see your good deeds. They will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Hmm. So we do have a job to do. Don't we? And our, our hope and our faith and our trust must be evidenced. Must be walked out. Must be right? Look, last thing here. Lamentations 3, 21. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have what? Hope. So what do we call to mind and have hope? This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of Yahweh never ceases. His mercy his kindness, His grace never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yahweh is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Yahweh is good to those who wait for Him and to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of Yahweh. He is our hope. He is our faith. He is our trust. Now let's learn to walk that. Let's learn to let... The, 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 the attitudes that we have in the midst of life and the things that life throws at us, you know? We, have, we, we serve someone greater than the situations that arise in life. Our God is definitely. So we must learn to trust Him and must learn to show God has been good to you. And if God has been good to you, let us express good to one another. Amen? And let us uh, show the world we can have hope. We can have hope. There is a better way. The, way the, the state of the world today is not the way it has to be. Yahweh is calling us for a greater life in His kingdom, in His love, in His people. Let's learn to walk together in, in that place. Amen?